0: Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we continue and really wrap up this series on the life of David, his highs, his lows, and all the stuff that went on there in the middle of David's life. He has something for us. So I'm gonna let you get ahead a little bit. I want you to take your Bible I want you to turn to Psalm chapter one. Psalm chapter one is where we're gonna camp out today. Uh, It will be sort of the the area we jump off of. So if you've got your Bible turned there, if you've got the app, go ahead and go to North Church, George in the app store and it's probably the easiest way to follow along. So two reminders, one tonight, worship night, don't miss tonight. It is gonna be unbelievable. So you wanna be, definitely be, be here to be a part of tonight because it really will be a great way to finalize. And then part of that night, we get to celebrate baptism. We're gonna have some, some uh, students and kids that are walking through those waters to show the change that's happened in their lives. All right, so let's, let's set the stage real quick on where we've been, we've been talking about David. So yes or no question, I'm throwing you a little softball here, make you feel the school's starting back tomorrow. How many of, okay, before we get going, how many educators are in the room and you've you got kids coming out? Raise your hand if you're an educator in the room. Would you let all these folks across the room know that you're praying for them? <clears throat> you're praying for them and still sending your children to them, all right, it's all, all the same route. Um, So a little softball question in honor of school starting, give you an A on this pop quiz. Did David have some really good things happen in his life, yes or no? Yes. Let me ask this one. Did David also have some bad days in his life, yes or no? Okay, so David's like us. Now he's a king, I get it. Anointed, I get it. But when you boil it all down, David's a guy who had highs David had lows, what could cause a guy like David, who had some mountaintops and had some valleys, what could cause that man to be a man who was after God's own heart? What separated David from all the other people who've lived? It's not said about anybody else in Scripture. There's great things said about it. Jonah and Abraham and all these guys. What separated David from all those guys? David got this word, okay? Now, here's the danger of telling you this word. When I say the word, if you've grown up in church, it's easy to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard something on this before, I I got it. If you haven't grown up in church, it's easier to hear this word and go, oh, yeah, I could never be that. So it's a dangerous word. Ready? And the word is prayer. All right, I want you to write down at the top of your outline the word prayer. Prayer. See, if you grew up in church, you've got a visual of what prayer's like. Maybe you grew up in a church and they had Wednesday night prayer meeting and you got a big green sheet that was like this long with lots of prayer requests on it. Maybe that's your thought that comes up in prayer or maybe it's a grandparent that you think of. If you didn't grow up in church, it seems insurmountable. You're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know enough to pray. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not near smart enough to pray. And trust me, sitting in Compass, sitting in True North, sitting on the patio, watching online today, are people in both of those camps David, however, knew this. David knew that God cared about every detail of his life. Therefore, David constantly turned towards the Lord, goods and bads. So let me say this for us. There is not a detail of your life or your lives that God is not concerned with. Therefore, however, whenever you turn to him, It doesn't change just him. It changes you. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together, Psalm chapter one? David was the writer of many of these. They were songs that were written that they would sing. Listen to the way David said it Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. So David's looking back on his life and he's going, There's so many good things for not following following the advice of the wicked. Meaning this, in the world we live in, David, during David's time and during our time, we can get some bad advice. Would y'all agree with that? Throw the craziest thought you've ever had on Facebook, and somebody'll agree with you. It's the craziest thing. So, I mean, there's people out there, it's crazy, all right? And so Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice. They listen to the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. So literally is the picture. I listen, I stand with, and I join in. That's what the picture was. Oh, the joy of those who don't do those things. Then he tells us what they do. Look at what he says. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it, day and night. And this is what gets us. We go, oh yeah, I I don't have time to meditate. Yeah, my life. How many of y'all would say you have a busy life? Raise your hand. You're afraid not to put your hand up. But anyway, so oh, yeah, we all have busy life. I've yet to meet somebody that goes, What are you doing? Nothing, man. I ain't got nothing going on. All right. They're doing, they're, I don't know who that person is. Everybody's busy. And we hear, meditating on it day and night, yeah, yeah, Mike. I could never do that. So I've found out something as I get older. I'm not near as technologically savvy as I used to be. You know what I'm talking? I walk around with a light on my phone, all right? It's always on. My kids are like, Dad, dude, your light's on, all right? And so the light's always on my phone, always, and I don't know how it gets cut on. I think it's a joke. But anyways, so that happens. And then Mary Michael will get my phone and is like, Dad, your Instagram, you never update your Instagram. People are following you. You don't follow them back, that's rude, all right? And she's following people back on my Instagram. And then Casey put, an, put a thing on my phone I wish she hadn't have done. In it's weekly screen time. Have y'all seen this? Oh yeah, you've seen it, all right? And so, Anne's like, I don't need to know how bad it is, all right? And so, he put it on my phone, and at the end of the week, it will give you how much time you spent on your phone. You have time to meditate on something. Are the Braves making a trade today? You know, what those kind of things. I mean, you know, important things in life. David said, The wicked, and these people have lots of things you could turn your ear towards, but those that get it, delight in the law of the Lord and they meditate on it day and night, they're like trees planted by the riverbank, bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do, meaning this, when they turn their eyes to the Lord, they last, and that's what we're gonna talk about. Father. Walk in this place today. God, we didn't come to just get something, get a couple nuggets and, and go home. We came because we need a seismic shift in our lives to get our minds on you. So God, I give you today, bless it, speak to us, and God, I pray we walk out a little different than we walked in, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, you don't have to high five, shake hands, but turn around and find three people and go, I hope the Braves make a trade. All right, y'all need to do that. Really, it's very important. Very important. You need to do that before you're seated. So David, David had a giant besides Goliath. David fought the giant of self-reliance, which first little blank in your outline there. Uh, David fought the giant of self-reliance. And by the way, starting in August, you're gonna start getting little handouts back on Sunday mornings for you to take notes on for any of y'all that are note-takers. What is self-reliance? Here's the word, independence. That's the word. We, We raise our children to be independent, but spiritually, we're never created to be independent. We were created to be dependent. All right, I want you to write this little thought down, ready? Dependence comes from prayer. Dependence comes from prayer. Our lives, these independent lives that we live, well, God, I got it, I I got it. God, I know you're out there. I don't think anybody's sitting in here going, yeah, I don't think there's a God out there. I think most people that get up at least to come on a Sunday morning go, God, I know you're out there, but he's got bigger fish to fry. He's got bigger stuff to deal with rather than my test, my exam, my problems, my business, my family, my kids. I, I, I'll, God, I, you go take care of the big stuff. I'll take care of this. David had to defeat the giant of self-reliance, meaning the thought that they could do it on their own. So let's talk about this today. How did he do that? Ready? Number one. Right there in your outline. Number one, David let his prayers be driven by God's word. David let his prayers be driven by God's word. Now, David's word was different than ours because back then all there was was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all right, you, you had the first five books. They called it the Torah. That's what David had. But why did they, why was it important? He meditated on that day and night because it was a reminder of who God is and what God can do. You live in a world that constantly gets your mind off who God is and what he can do. This world can be overwhelming. The stuff of this life can be overwhelming. And David says, my prayers are gonna be driven by God's word. I have people that sometimes will go, Mike, I don't even know how to pray. Listen, take your Bible and just read a verse back to the Lord. He will honor that in your life. Let your prayers be driven by God's word. Here's why that's so big. I want you to write down two thoughts, ready? It's unchanging. Everything's changing. God's word never changes. It's unchanging and it stood the test of time. Bookstores, Amazon is filled with books that were the hottest fads and trends and they come and they go. They're hot now, they're out later. God's word has stood the test of time. You can put your feet on it and know it's solid. God left us all the goods and bads in this book so we could go, I get it. Let your prayers be driven by God's word. Listen to the way he said it. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. I meditate on something. Meditating, meditating is what I chew on, what I think about. David said, I'm gonna take what God has for me and I'm gonna chew on that. I, I found out I got my weekly report on my screen time. I was down 23% last week, so I felt better about using his as an example this morning, but it's none of your business how much I was on there. But anyways, so we look at it all the time. I got time to meditate. So what am I meditating on? I will tell you this. Everything in life will battle against you building your life on this. Because the enemy knows if you do this, it changes how he comes at you. And you would think, well, Mike, I'm, I'm sure that's a, you know, we're in a new, a new, no, we're not in a new day. This is the way to build our lives. Let your prayers be driven by God's word. The Amplified Version said it this way, but his delight and desire in the law of the Lord and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders and studies both day and day and night, meaning it just saturates in our brain and we think about it all the time. But what if we were hiding God's word away in our hearts that way? And that's that's how we prayed. Let our prayers be driven by God's word. But number two, let your prayers be louder than your doubts. Let your prayers be louder than your doubts. Okay, so we're gonna do a little, make sure we're all on the same playing field here. How many of you would say, Mike, there are times in my life that I struggle with doubts? There are times in my life that I, I wanna believe and I do believe, but even then, I, there's times doubts creep in? Raise your hand if that's true of you. Can I, can I let you off the hook a little bit, maybe make you feel better about yourself? There'll never be a point in your journey you don't. You're human you don't see all that God sees. One of the greatest guys who ever walked the face of the earth during Jesus' time was his cousin, John the Baptist. He was the forerunner, he was the one that baptized Jesus. He was the one that says, I'm not worthy to tie his shoes. He's the one that said, you know, he's here now. He took his disciples, sent them over to Jesus. That was that guy. On the night before he was beheaded for his faith and for preaching about Jesus and God, Do you know what the Bible says? John the Baptist sent word through his guys to Jesus. And here was the question. Are you the one or should we look for another? Here's the question. The question is, do doubts creep in and go or do doubts camp out and stay? That's the question. If doubts creep in and we don't give them a chair to sit down, They'll move on, but if doubts get in and they pull up a chair in our lives, then that's where the the anguish comes from. So David, a man, God says, a man after his own heart. Listen to the way David said it. I love this, Psalm 3. It's gonna pop up on the screen. I, oh Lord, I have so many enemies and so many are against me. And so many are saying, God will never rescue him. David was going, God, I got so many people that want me to fail. And it wasn't just fail, they wanted to kill David. God, I to look around and it looks insurmountable. But look at what David says in the next verse. But you, O oh Lord, You're a shield around me, you're my glory, you're the one who holds my head high. I did what to the Lord? What's the next word he said there? Help me out, what did he say? What's a cry? It's a desperation, isn't it? It wasn't like, dear Lord, um, there's people that wanna kill me and I hope you're there and this looks really bad and no, 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 no. A cry is when you're desperate. When you go, God, if you don't show up, I don't know what I'm gonna do. God, if you don't step in, I don't know what I'm gonna do. We've gotta make our prayers bigger than our doubts. So here's the question. Am I feeding my doubts and starving my faith, or am I feeding my faith and starving my doubts? Well, the question is, which one do you focus on? How do we keep focusing on our faith? We pray. It is that reminder, everybody look at me, you're not in charge, God is. God's got you, God's gonna see you through. God's gonna pick up your your chin. I, I love how David said it in this verse. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. Meaning, our instinct is always to look at our doubts. When the Lord picks us up, he picks our chins up and we look over our doubts to the one that's bigger. Our prayers have gotta be bigger than our doubts. Number three, ready? And Let your prayers outlast your problems. Problems are seasonal, they come and they go. James tells us they come dressed as many different things. I remember this vivid memory, it's probably 20, 19, 20. I remember sitting in my dorm room at Liberty, struggling with some stuff, just life stuff, relationship stuff, baseball stuff, And this this thought was on my brain. This was as hard as my life's ever gonna get. (laughs) Dear Jesus. All right, I'm so glad. I'm so glad he didn't tell me what was coming, man. I remember sitting there going, Lord, just, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. Man, I had no idea what was to come. You know what I found, though? Prayers outlast problems. Problems come and go. The problems in my college years weren't my problems in my 20s. My problems in my 20s weren't my problems in my 30s. My problems in my 30s weren't my problems in my 40s. My problems in my 40s aren't my problems in my 50s. Prayers outlast problems. David dealt with it. Look look at the way David said this. Man, this just gives us so much hope. Look at the way David said it. I waited, what's that word there? Oh, yeah. How many of y'all struggle with patience? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Y'all got your hand up fast on that one, all right? I ask earlier about doubts. It's like, I don't want God to strike me down. Oh, patience. Oh, yeah, I'm impatient. I'm impatient. Get Move on. Let's go, right? I waited patiently for the Lord, meaning God didn't deliver it when I wanted it. Have you noticed God's calendar and your calendar don't always match up? Have y'all noticed that? You need the answer by August 3rd, and God's like, yeah, I'll get with you. So when I was growing up, um, I'm, I'm an early bird, so you just gotta know this about me. And Ann was in last service. I hate always look down here and we start laughing, but I am one of those that I am like 20 minutes early to almost everything I do drove my family crazy. So Ann's like, what time should we leave? And I'll, I'll name a time. She's like, no, we're leaving at this time. That doesn't make any sense, all right? And so, because I'm always wanting to be early. I'm just an early bird. And when I was growing up, we would go to Kiwanis Field in Fayetteville is where we played down at Kiwanis. It was in the south side of, the, of, of Fayetteville. And I was always anxious, right? It's like our team's meeting at 11 for a 12 o'clock game. Dad, it's like 10, 10. We need to go. Like Fayetteville's got lots of traffic. All right, we need to go, Dad. We need to go. And I remember we would get in the car, and every time I would hurry him, he would slow the car down. I'm like, Dad, we need—we're going to be late. And he would go slower and slower and slower. And it made me—it was called exasperating your child. All right, it made me crazy. Is what it—what it did. You know what it was? It was—I wasn't on my timing. God's not on our timing, ladies and gentlemen. I waited patiently for the Lord. Look at what he said. And he turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on solid ground, and he steadied me as I walked along. Your problems will come and go, but I want you to write this down, but he's not going anywhere. Turn to him. He's not going anywhere. He's got you. He sees you. He's gonna see you through. Let your prayers outlast your problems. One of the weaknesses of my life that I wish I was good at and I have not been good at just because I've not done it is journaling. Journaling is so good because you write down everything you're going through and you look back and see God's faithfulness. Oh, he got me through that and God got me through that and God got me through that Prayers outlast our problems. If you were to catch David at the end of his journey and say, hey, David, a little sideline interview here. Did all your life always make sense? Oh, no, 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 it never did. Was God faithful? Oh, yeah, he was faithful. Our prayers outlast our problems. Number four, David prayed for the next generation. So interesting, I really never thought about this in David's life, but David had one goal as a king and his, and his goal was to build the temple. See, back then, the they had the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark would move with them, right? As the Israelites would move, they'd move the Ark and set up shop and set up a tent. It would be in the tent. David wanted to build a temple, but God looked at David and said, David, it's not for you to build. Your son's gonna build the temple. Your hands are too bloody from battle. Look at how David prayed for his son, Solomon. Give my son, Solomon, the wholehearted desire to obey all your commands, laws, and decrees, and to do everything necessary to build this temple for which, for which I have made these preparations. David God, it. It wasn't about him. It was about the generation that was coming. So let's, let's just talk real quick. So I've been doing ministry 30 years this summer. It's my 30th year of ministry. Served two churches, two great churches in this 30 years. 20, almost 25 here, and the other one uh, that I served as a pseudo pastor. I can walk in a church and in five minutes tell you the health of the church by the age of the people there. Do you know that the average church in America, the average age of that church is 65. Now that's younger than it used to be. As I get older, right? So, but sixty-five, we're losing generations of kids. How I many of y'all have children? They're going to be going back to school in the next two weeks. For sure. We're to be praying for those kids. We need to be praying for those children that are occupying our preschool and our children and our six, seven, eight, and our HSM and our Wave because they are our future. They are the leaders of tomorrow. We need to pray for them. Well, Mike, what they go through now is just like what we went through. It's nothing like what we went through. Their world's 20 times harder than ours was. They just got more to deal with. I knew the girl broke up with me. I wouldn't have gotten pictures of her out on a date with another guy, right? On Instagram, it's a different world. It's a different world. It's harder. We need to pray for them. And I just had this conversation. So our daughter's engaged and, and I, I made the comment to Ann, and I put it on social media yesterday, but I said, he's, he's a better young man than what I prayed for. For her. And I look back at life sometimes and I go, God, why have you blessed me and blessed us so well. Is it because I'm a good guy or I'm nice or, no. It's because I'm a great speaker or, no, definitely not. I was getting up to walk out of my office this morning, head down the hill. This chair sits in my office. Doesn't go with anything that I've got in there. But when my mom and dad passed in 2017, I, I told my brother and sister, you guys get whatever you want. I want that chair. This is the chair that I watch that woman pray in every morning. Not just during the good seasons, during the tough seasons. Not just when Life was easy. When life didn't make sense. And everything I think in my life that I hold as a blessing now probably got prayed for in this chair. She grabbed hold of God and wouldn't let go. She kept an old... Uh, she she didn't buy an expensive journal because that's a waste of money and so she'd go to Eckerd and get the little spiral notebook. She had just mounds mounds of spiral notebooks. She'd write her prayers. Ann's mom exactly the same way. She's still alive and I thought it'd be rude if I took her chair. All right, so I just I just brought my mom's chair. We're still prays in that chair. Miss Judy prays in that chair. Ladies and gentlemen, prayer works. Prayer's for you. I wonder, in the grand scheme of heaven, what could have been if we had prayed more? You look at it and go, oh, I could never be that. Try it. Tomorrow morning on your way to work, just don't cut your radio on. Just say, well, I'm driving to work. I'm going to talk to the Lord. Just go talk to Him. Never know, it could change your life. One day your children may be standing there because of your prayers. andy stanley say recently maybe god didn't put me on this earth to just do great things for him maybe he put me on this earth for my children to stand on my shoulders to do great things for him that's what david was saying we've had a great 25 years almost as a church the next 25 will be determined by those prayers would you pray Daniel, I'm going to turn it over to you up at True North to leave this time. Maybe you're sitting in this room and you go, Mike, you talked about doubt, and I'm going to be honest, man. I am struggling with doubts right now. I'm struggling in my faith, right? I want to ask you to do something that's really the beginning of all healing in life. It's just being honest about where we are. If you say, Mike, Mike, I am struggling with my doubts and focusing on my doubts. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right where you are? You ain't alone, I promise you. Slip your hand up, you're not by yourself. I'm struggling with my doubts. you take your eyes for a moment off those doubts and put them on the Lord say God I want to focus on you not my doubts maybe today you find yourself up against a problem that's insurmountable it's like you're surrounded on all sides and being pushed and crushed and moved in might be health, it might be job, it might be family, it might be life, but you've got some daunting giants of problems standing around your life. How many of you say today, Mike, that's me, but I want to give those over to the Lord and focus on Him and not my problems. If that's you here today, would you just slip your hand up right where you are today? Slip your hand up. It's between you and the Lord. So God, I give you that fear that's emanating from this problem. What are you going to do about your future? What are you going to do? Give it over. I'm going to feed my faith by praying and not feed my doubts and my problems. Maybe you're sitting in one of these chairs and you got kids somewhere else in this building. Would you just take a moment and pray over them, would you? Would you pray that they would seek God with all they've got? Would you pray that God would grab their heart and stir the passion in them to know Him more? Would you pray with me that this fall, HSM on Sunday nights and our high school ministry and WAVE on Tuesday nights, that this building isn't big enough to hold the high school and college students that wanna know Him more? Would you pray for that next generation? Would you? Would you pray for our church? pray that we would be that city on a hill, that we would be that home for those that are lost and broken, scared, discouraged. Father, today we turn our eyes towards you because we don't know where else to turn. God, when we lock eyes with you, we're reminded that you got us. God, may daily, may daily we connect with you through prayer. God, as we begin to pray, you begin to change. As we begin to pray, you begin to Sharpen. As we begin to pray, you begin to sustain. As we begin to pray, you begin to change. God, we give you today to you. May we fight our battles through prayer. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.